0: Uh, To at least be able to admit, hey, I don't know everything, right? And uh, the older I get, the more and more uh, that's intimidating. But it's also a little freeing in the fact that, you know, my statements are not the end-all be-all. But I serve a risen Savior uh, who speaks truth and can speak truth through a person who really has no business in, in being up in front of people and talking about truth. And yet that's what he chooses to use. It's amazing that even the Apostle Paul talked about, you know, to to those who are perishing, our message doesn't make a lot of sense. But to those who know Christ and know the Lord, uh, it makes perfect sense, not that we understand it all. Uh, we'll be in Daniel chapter 8 uh, this morning, Daniel chapter 8, uh, and, and spending a little time in Romans 8 as well. At the end there, we, you know, we've been scattered about with Daniel and Uh, All those uh, amazing stories, a lot of them that we're uh, familiar with, you know, that that uh, the the lion's den, Daniel and the lion's den, those type of things, and then we get in the later half of Daniel, and it's almost like we've never—I've never studied those things, you know. Obviously, in college, I did, but as far from the pulpit, a lot of our Bible classes, we probably kind of move away from that. But really. The latter half of Daniel is just a continued explanation of what you see in the previous chapters, the the dreams and the visions that Daniel has given. He gets a little more, you know, it starts off from this universal history of the world, what's about to come history for us, future for him. And then the chapters begin to unfold and it says, okay, we're going to take this bit of history and we're going to look at it a little bit closer and we're going to see God's hand. ...in what's going on. To you, Daniel, it's going to feel like chaos. Like nothing makes sense, right? And all of us in here who paid any attention to the news, and I'll be honest, I'm one of those people that kind of ignores the news as much as I can, which is obviously dangerous because if you get your news from social media, there's no telling what you're going to believe, right? But ultimately, the message, if you get nothing else out of uh, the dates and the years and the things that are going on, is that God is in control. And as Romans 8 tells us, he has made us more than conquerors, right? If Jesus is not against us, he who died for our sins, then who can? If, if Jesus does not want to condemn us, then who can, right? The chapter begins, uh, Romans 8 and 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? And that's the message that Daniel, to some degree, you you are a believer in God, you are faithful to me. Just imagine how much more faithful God is going to be to Daniel. And so, I've got this. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be chaotic. There are going to be things that you don't understand, but that does not change who sits on the throne, And it will not change who sits on the throne. And as Christians, that's what we live from, right? We look at words and we take them at face value. Do all black lives matter? Yes, right? We agree with that. Are we going to let somebody hijack those words to mean a hundred other things? Some people will, right? Some people will absolutely do that. Right? We look at the, the rainbow. We've seen people hijack the rainbow. right? But we as Christians know the true meaning of the rainbow. right? And, and the way that we stand up for that sometimes is having the humility to understand who's in control. Lord, I know there are people out there who want to misconstrue your truth. But that does not change the fact that it is true. And rather than come at it as a cockiness, yes, boldness, yes, confidence, but also understanding and coming to it that I've not always been right. Who makes me a conqueror? Is it because I've always done what God has asked me to do? No. Is it because that I... I, I, Put on, I'm the one who brings the power to baptism and becoming a Christian. I bring very little to the table. God has made me a conqueror with as very little effort as I possibly could muster and get right. Now the beauty of that is the fact that when did Jesus die for us? When we were yet sinners. We can do nothing that surprises Jesus. We can do nothing that surprises God. Whatever comes tomorrow, whatever comes in the next 10 minutes, does not change who sits on the throne and who died for you. Yes, we have the choice and we can walk away from Him. But also understand I'm the person that gets up on Facebook and I get a memory, right? And it's something i posted... Five to ten years ago, and I'm like, what a complete moron. Like, God, why did you let me post that? Send an angel or something to interfere. Hey, I'm not going to let you do that, right? But why does he let us do that? Because we're all learning, we're all on a journey, right? I'm thankful that. When I didn't know how to swim, my mom didn't lead me to deep water and throw me in, right? And, and just be like, I'm done with this. It, he's ignorant. He's, he's not very smart, right? He doesn't get it very quickly. That's not how we work, right? With people that we love. And the unfortunate, uncomfortable thing that Jesus talks about is that we're supposed to love everybody. And so a lot of times, we don't spend enough time celebrating with people when they get it right. Right? Well, we can't celebrate. And we've all seen this. We can't celebrate with so-and-so, even though it's right. Well, because they do things a little differently than us, even within Christianity, right? But can't we come together when people get it right? Can't we pat people on the back? And go, hey, you got it right this time. I've been there before where I didn't get it right, but God stuck with me. And that's what's called a relationship. And that's hard. right? We want to fix it right now. God has the ability to fix it right now. But what does he see the value in? The journey. The journey. That we're all in this together. We've heard that ad nauseum, right, since this whole quarantine thing happened. That's a great slogan. And the beauty of it is God says, I will never forsake you. And so what does that mean? That sometimes we can afford to get it wrong. (laughs) In fact, what does He expect us to do? Get it wrong. Did He not pick Peter to be an apostle? How many times did Peter get it wrong? And and then Jesus in the midst of him being wrong, 70 times seven. Right? Some of y'all want to do the math. Some of y'all got that ledger at home, right? I'm, I'm, I'm right up there. That's 70. I got seven more times to go, times 70. We get it wrong. People get it wrong. That doesn't mean we can't stand up for what is right. That's not what I'm saying. But it's also important, as it says, to remember those who are in prison as though you are in prison with them. He doesn't put a qualifier. He doesn't go, remember those who are in prison who are wrongfully in prison. He says, hey, they're in prison. You need to conduct yourself as though you're in there with them. I do not want to be judge and jury. There are other people that have wanted that position. They got it. Wonderful. Have at it. Have we ran into people who probably shouldn't be in that position? We're foster parents, okay? Yes. right. We've been there. We've run into people who absolutely are wonderful at that position. But I can tell you who would be terrible. Me. I don't want any part of that. And thankfully, because of what Jesus did, I'm a truth-preaching, people-loving, getting there eventually person. I like my responsibility to not condemn, to not judge. Once again, not saying we can't stand up for the truth and we can't protest and be as loud and as annoying as we want to be, but that's a wonderful right we have in this country. You can go out and protest that you love the giant flying spaghetti monster if you want. That's a legit belief. There are people out there who believe that. Don't laugh. It's exactly... You can do that if you want, right? Peacefully. And as Christians, peacefully should come a little more, I won't say natural, but it's what we're shooting for. Even in the midst of chaos, what if we were the people of peace? I'm talking about a light shining in a dark time. Regardless of your belief system, I love you, and if you need some peace in your life, I would love nothing more than God to use me to be that peace. In Daniel chapter 8, it talks about something that makes Daniel pass out. When Daniel gets a little piece of what's coming down the pipe, he passes out and the angel Gabriel stands him back up and says, you got this. You're going to be a difference maker. Could Daniel possibly understand that in 2020, we would be reading about his life story? I doubt it right? I can't really grasp my mind what's coming down the pike tomorrow, right? I've learned to wake up with very little expectation. I got air in my lungs. I got people who love me, which is mind-boggling in itself. Let's roll, God. You know, you're going to get me through this. Not to say that I've not doubted, but certainly I can look to him because he's consistent. He begins to unpack this history for us and future for him and I believe if you take the most strict history approach, this is I'm not saying this is the end-all, be-all, but he begins to unpack the Medes and the Persians. And he gets to to, to Alexander the Great. We know that Alexander the Great, when he died, he, he very swiftly took over what, we, what they knew as the, the world. And when he died, he did not name a successor. And so you get the four horns, I believe is the word it uses here in chapter 8. Many people look at that and go, those are the four generals that fought and divided the world as we know it into four pieces. And then you get the, the Romans who would come along, and in between that, this is talking a lot about the intertestamental period, the 400 years between the end of the Old Testament, where, where God was silent until Jesus comes, as we read in John chapter 1 this morning. There's this whole period where there's a lot of history that we as Christians just kind of, eh, but there's a lot going on there. Antiochus Epiphanes the Fourth, which sounds like a great rapper name, right you know he, he goes into the Holy of Holies, he looks around says i don 't see a God in here, and he sacrifices a pig on the altar, which is a big no no like I mean we 're all about not offending people here today, and Antiochus Epiphanes, that was his whole job i 'm just going to go here and offend so many people, right We know people like that, they just want to watch the world burn. You know, uh, I'm going to drop this meme and, you know, and I can kind of be that guy sometimes, you know. But nothing is like this to a Jew. In fact, it so much enrages them that there's a revolt. That they unify. You know how hard it is to unify Jewish people, right? Right. That's where we get the phrase, I'm going to Jew them down, right? Which is probably racist now. I don't know. But I remember, you know, I remember going to India and they would be offended if you didn't try to fight them on the cost of literally anything. Unless you were in a, a McDonald's or a fast food restaurant you were going to buy something, they wanted you to argue. It was offensive for you just to pay up because it was some cultural thing, right? They liked to argue the Israelite name means to wrestle with God, right? To wrestle with God. Something that God welcomed. He named them that, right? He said, This, this is this. This is who you are. You're going to wrestle with God and, and theology and all these wonderful things. You're going to question literally everything. And so he goes in and he offends so many people that it causes the Jews to unify and go, This is not right. And they run him out, right? And so there's this great. Battle and these Maccabees, right? These, these heroes. But then what's going to happen? Eventually, the Romans would take over anyways. And the Romans were known to be a death machine. In fact, we know that Jesus in His last days tells a parable about the, the vineyard. And He, he, he picture, paints this picture that would have been very vivid to them. The Romans would come and take your land. Right? We we are a people, taxation without representation, you got to be kidding me. That ain't happening. We'll throw all the tea in the harbor. Right? Well, they would come in and they'd take seventy percent of everything you produced. You know, and that's not even thinking about the Jewish tax collectors who would come in and take their piece of the pie. And so Jesus tells this story about how you know, they're, they're going to revolt and they, they, they take the servants and they kill the servants. And I can just see the Jewish people going, alright, here we go. This is the Messiah we're talking about. This is what we want. We want physical violence. It's time for the, the Maccabean Revolt Part 2. And so they take the servants and they kill him. And then he sends his son and they kill him too. Alright. Now we're we're getting somewhere. We're going to take things into our own hands. And then Jesus says, but what happens when the Master comes back? And every Jew and any person who's ever stood up to the machine of the Romans knows what happens when the Master comes back. It's the very reason the Pharisees were throwing Jesus to be crucified. The high priest himself says it's better for one to die... Than the many, because if we let this Jesus thing get out of control and be like all other messiahs who had come, then that's just going to tick the Romans off, stir up the hornets, and they're going to come and kill a lot more people than just one. It says that he was prophesying. Those are pretty strong words. They knew. You see, it's so tempting to us to take things into our own. Hands, but there is nothing righteous about my hands. There's nothing righteous about my fleshly thoughts and the way I want to do them. And there have been times this week that I've made comments on social media for the whole entire world to see, and I'm like, "Why did you do that? Why? Because I thought by my thoughts and taking it in my hands, man, I'm going to change people's minds." And the only person's mind I changed is mine. Because what a dumb thought. I can't change any of you. There's nothing about me that's eloquent enough to change you. The power is in God. That's where I want it to be. You know, There was a time when I was a young preacher, man, and I thought, boy... <laughs> Give it to me. I'll prepare this lesson and I'll be so eloquent. It'll just blow people's minds and they'll come in droves. And then when they didn't come in droves, who had anxiety? Me. Because my expectation was off. I know that the Holy Spirit works 24-7. Every day. Tonight when I finally close my eyes and go to sleep, God doesn't stop working. Thank God, right? I, I preached this lesson from the Scriptures, and I'm going to sit down here in a minute because you don't have to come through me to go to God. Thank God, right? And the Holy Spirit's going to work. And it's going to work. And, and there'll be people that you see this morning that you love and you're so happy to see them. James, i thought about you so many times. Uh, the guys just put you on my heart through this whole thing, man. And, and it's so good to see you. Thank you for your words this morning. And it's, it's crazy how the Holy Spirit works, right? That certain people just be on your hearts and minds. And, and we get to encourage each other. And, and the lesson that goes here, you know, you're like, you can stop anytime now. And I'm going to. I promise I'm getting there. It doesn't stop here. Because you take it and you work together before you even leave. You talk about how great it is to see each other. You're going to go out and the Holy Spirit's going to use your successes. And even more importantly, it's going to use your failures. It's going to use those Facebook memories that come up and you just go, man, I'm so happy I'm not there anymore. Right? I'm so happy I'm not there anymore. I, I see these young buck college kids coming out and they're going to change the world because they've been taught so many wonderful, awesome things. And I remember, man, I'm glad somebody didn't leave me to deep water and throw me in to die because that's probably what I deserve because I was a twerp. Still I am to a large degree, you know. And I just pray for those people that they realize quicker than it took my thick skull to realize it has very little to do with your eloquence and has everything to do with the power of God to change souls. We want it right now. I want it right now. There's so many people out there that I would love for the Holy Spirit just to give them what what it's given me. But God's timing is perfect. God knows. And so all we need to be is available Holy Spirit you are welcome here you take me and use me even if it costs me everything now that's a hard statement to say I'm not even sure I'm saying it for myself right now because it's much easier to project that on y'all y'all need to do that that's what you need to say I'm not quite right there but I want to be open to that I want to be open to it that's what Daniel was Daniel just, I'm sure he felt like a leaf in the wind from time to time, right? Jesus himself even tells Peter, there's coming a day where you won't know what you're going to do. And as intimidating, as terrifying as it is, it's a little exhilarating too. You never know where I'm going to be. I tell you this, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, Whitney, we have any idea we're going to be in Fayetteville, Tennessee, doing TikTok videos, for the graduating class of 20? Absolutely not. In fact, we sat down and we made a list, right? Pros and cons of moving to Fayetteville, Tennessee. You know how many cons we came up with? More than pros. I was dead set against it. We're not going there. I got this job over here in Florence. It's working out. It's where we need to be. I've never been married before. I don't know how much money we need. This is where we need to be, right? I don't know. Jim Black, Daniel Eldridge, Chris Jones, none of them would take no for an answer. I'm so thankful that that was the case. This morning is simply a plea to be available. God has made you more than conquerors. And the crazy thing is is compared to what he's given, what he asks of us is measly. He just needs us to be available. This morning your heart is really what he wants. It's where he wants to be. He's everywhere. He's in your heart. He's working on your heart. But it's different when we crown him king of our heart. When we get into Jesus through his blood, through that baptism that is not powerful because of who we are and what we're doing, but because he's infused it with the blood of his son that we can put on and be more than conquerors. And all he really requires of us is to be simply humble. And available and I tell you as little as that is I'll be working on it till the day I die because there are days I'm a little more available not so humble and there are days where God puts me on my face and the last thing I want to be when I 'm on my face is available but he's calling us he's working on us you're working on my heart I'm hopefully helping you and we're helping each other grow together work out your salvation with fear and trembling right that that idea of available and humble fear and trembling this morning if there's any way that we can help you any way that we can show the love of god maybe that's praying for you maybe that's the shepherds coming and praying alongside you putting their hands on you maybe that's simply hey my lawnmower's broke and i really need some help with my yard we can do that too there are people who enjoy that not me per se but maybe that's what i need to do Uh, It can be as simple as you need to a great large need that we would love to walk beside you in that journey. This morning, if you have any need, why don't you come as we stand and sing.